Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. This week, we are carrying on from our discussion last week. So if you haven't heard it already, you might want to go go back and catch the end of episode 114. But just at the end of that, I posed Stuart a question, and he said we didn't have time to answer it in that episode. So we're back again this week, as we are every week on every Wednesday morning, and we're going to answer that question. And the question was that Stuart has for a little while been focusing on a rent-to-rent strategy in his property business. But just recently, he's been having some conversations with investors, past and potentially future investors. And my question was, how is he thinking about structuring those deals? So, Stuart, your conversations with these investors recently, how have they gone? What are you looking at doing with those potential deals? How do you think you might structure them going forwards? Yeah, and thanks to those people that did listen last week and have decided to listen again this week and didn't get so upset that I pushed this question to another week. But I think there's there's quite a bit to it and probably warrants more than you know the one or two minutes that uh, that we had left. And the first thing I'd say is when I think about investment, it's not that I have, I think about offering one type of investment. Dear investor, this is how I will take investment. I do have criteria, but at the highest level, there are three types of agreement. And I have have worked in two out of these three, but those those three types of investment that I think about at the very least. And of course, if anyone else has other views on this, please do communicate with us via at Biz of Property on Twitter. But the three types are one is a standard loan agreement. That is someone will loan funds for a set interest rate over a set period. So they would loan, let's say, £50,000 over a term of two years at an interest rate of 6%. That's what I would consider just a standard loan agreement. Yeah, that's sometimes referred to as an angel investment. Yeah. And of course, there's there's different bits underneath that. So I'm not saying it's, you know, because you could pay interest monthly, you might pay interest at the end of it. And so, so there's obviously going to be variables under that, but at the highest level, that's that. Number two, we could take investment to simply source a property. So I'm sure anyone in and around property has heard of property sourcing, which is where people find and locate properties, typically what would be under the catch-all of below market value, but below market value might be finding a property or gaining access to a property that not everybody has. I, I haven't just found a property or right move and said, here's a property, now I'll take five grand, please, dear sir or madam. Although I think I think there are property sources and perhaps probably packages as well out there that do just use right move to, to source their properties or at least standard high street agents along with, with right move. So you, I think you can do that. And perhaps the value add that they provide is that they're working in an area remote from the investor. So they have local knowledge within a certain area that the investor doesn't have that knowledge or they aren't present in. So that, that sourcer can, can help sort the, the wheat from the chaff in that area. Or, or perhaps they're adding in something else like a sort of 
complete package providing purchase, refurbishment, and maybe management afterwards and things like that as well. So, yeah. 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 So you're talking, about some of the, yeah you're, you're talking about some of the sub factors there, and I completely agree. And I, and I did make the point of adding value because when you talk about um, property packaging, what you just talked about there is, I think, is, is, is quite a bit different, actually, because you are solving a problem. I guess what I was thinking in my head is, is when people just come with a deal and say, I have a property, would you like to buy this property? I would expect some value to have been added. I mean, in life as well as in general, not just saying I found a property on right move is perfect for you. But like you say, if if people are remote, you know, I I know people that do that, you know, they they live and work in, say, Dubai and they want to buy properties in the UK because they they want to, to not miss you know properties then they'll then they'll do that but i would expect value to be added okay well you know that's a, probably a different topic for another day and then the third type of agreement would be a joint venture agreement obviously lots of people talk about just as a jv agreement and this in my mind can go a couple of ways but typically it would be a property is bought uh, in partnership now there's also special purpose vehicles so spvs that people could create and you would have a number of shareholders in that SPV and you would associate the shareholding to or relative to whatever the agreement was. But typically, if if you've gone 50-50, we'll put it in. And I've done agreements in the past in terms of JV along that line where I'm typically doing actually the sourcing, so point two, and the deal packaging that you've talked about. So essentially everything, which is finding the property, arranging for the finance on the property, as in the mortgage, uh, sourcing the, the the builders, the electricians, everything else, all in and providing, let's say, less capital than the investor. But once the investor gets funds returned, we share that property 50-50, if that makes sense. Yep, Absolutely. Just to clarify, an SPV is a, a type of limited company. So this is a, a limited company structure around a single purchase normally, although I guess there's no particular reason why it couldn't be multiple purchases, but typically around a single purchase. And yeah, the shareholders are shareholders in that limited company. Obviously, some of those shares would be effectively bought with investor capital, and some of those shares would be bought with time and, and sweat equity that would be be put in to enable the the property sorry to enable the company to buy that property yeah and and worth just saying on that and thanks for clarifying for 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 everyone that because that's exactly what it is is that where this comes into its own for me is that we might we might change our minds we might retain the property and Actually, after a year or two, one one party, let's, it could be two two people, could be three people, could be whatever, but one party says, actually, we need out. And rather than having to sell a property and go through you know, the CGT, but most importantly, the, the stamp duty land tax and of the transferring, actually, all you need to do is, is sell on the shares. Clearly, we're not accountants, not advising anyone to, on how to do this and blah, blah, blah. But that, that is typically why it's much more appealing to me is because we can just talk about the the shares and selling the shares in that company rather than selling the actual house, which for anyone that, that's looked at this, is it just becomes cost prohibitive if, if you're looking at what I would consider short term, i.e. 
within two or three years. So that was a great overview of how you might be structuring your deals. <laughs> You've been talking to some actual real investors recently. So how are you thinking of actually structuring the possible deals that you've been talking about and possibly possible ways of moving forwards with your investors? Well, this is the thing, because each investor comes with his or her own criteria of what they want. And I don't, you know, if I'm sat here with a product and let's just say I've got a pen that you want to buy, Simon, and, and actually you give me your criteria and it's quite obvious of what you really need because you say to me, Stuart, I need, I need something that I can draw with. I make a lot of mistakes, so I'm going to need to sort of rub some of it out. Just because I'm sat here with a pen, I'm not going to sell you the pen. I'd say, actually, what you might need is a pencil. Now, I hope this analogy is keeping everyone and not losing people. But what it is, is that the people I meet with, they've got different criteria. So one of the investors I met with, he is very much of the, I don't want any involvement (laughs) in what you do. I don't think it's personal. I think he's just got enough to do without (laughs) thinking about what I do. So he's he's very clear and, it, and we've had a very, very clear uh, agreement that uh, he will provide funds for an interest rate, but but will not request equity in properties. And of course, things change, by the way, things do change, do have conversation. So in that conversation, I'm thinking about how properties that would be right for that model. And I'm not trying to avoid your questions, but I suppose the answer I'm saying is that, and now thinking about it, when you've talked to me, is that each of the investors I met with each had a different view of what they might like. Second investor, definitely of the equity variety, would be more interested in looking at taking equity in a proposed property stroke development. And then that leads me to a number of thoughts and questions around how we would do that if there's a roadmap of putting more properties into that development and making sure that everybody gets fair value, because that's, that's what we all want. And, and actually, the, the, the third investor, although I've met four, but the third investor hasn't yet made their minds up about which way, but would probably be looking at the, I really just need help finding a property and doing it because I don't have the knowledge and haven't made the mistakes that, that I have, for example, and therefore wants to get up to speed a bit quicker. So I know that doesn't really answer your question, but it comes back to me to think about what do I want from a company, what is right right now. And anyone that's listened to any of these podcasts will know that the taking investor funds does apply pressure on cash flow, particularly when we're paying interest ongoing. So I just have to think about how I structure this in the best financial way. And I guess that's where I goes. my last few years have, have really taught me a few lessons along the way. Unfortunately, it doesn't give you a quick soundbite answer to say we're doing this and this is how we're going to do it. But all of those options are on the table. Well, I think it's really interesting that although you don't have a, a single answer, you, you have answered and it's just there's multiple answers. And it's good to know that you as a, a single property person a single property business are able to actually consider multiple options and adapt to different situations for different investors when i have been to property events before and talked to other property people i think very often they have a preconceived idea about how they do want to work with investors and 
some of that is from experience. So, for example, we've had Pam and Tanya on this podcast before as, as guests. And I think they said actually on the podcast, but but I think if, if not on the podcast, they've, they've certainly said separately. Hopefully, I'm not giving away any secrets here. But that they have in the past done joint venture type deals and angel investment type deals. And from those experiences, they have concluded that they don't want to do joint venture style deals going forwards. They only want to look for angel investment in their their future projects. So I think it's, it's interesting that you are willing to be flexible in your approach and flexible to your investors that that you're you're talking to and, and potentially working with, rather than having predetermined or predecided approaches from your your point of view. So you mentioned you've done two of these, broadly speaking, in the past. So which two have you done, and how have they gone? So I haven't really done the sourcing option. It's been loan agreement and joint venturing, and the joint ventures have been long term so we've owned property now for four or five years together so so they're the two that i've done wow lo- longer than some marriages <laughs> well, just for the record my marriage has so far lasted 18 years <laughs> 16, 16. It, it might be coming to a swift end now, you, now you've got the number of anniversaries <laughs> oh, i've been thrown under the bus <laughs> um the yeah, so the joint venture is, is they're quite long term, has been long term. And I remember actually, and, I, and I've talked about it on other podcasts over the years, but I remember in October, 20, it was 2017, there was one month where I received £250,000 worth of investor funds via loan agreement. And I remember people saying to me, wow, that was a good month. And I'd always laugh because it took me two years of coffees, uh, at least a coffee every other week to get to the stage where two parties were willing to part with you know, significant six-figure sums. And that's, that's my point here is that the, you know, these things don't just happen overnight. And thankfully not, be, well, most of the time not, because you want to have relationships with people. It's two-way where I trust the investor as much as the investor trusts me because Again, I know a lot of people, we feel like as people receiving funds that we owe the investor a, f- a favour as opposed to just interest. But actually, it's, it's, it's both ways. You know, we, we both need to go into this understanding. But the other point that you raised around networking events, which I find quite interesting, is sometimes I find people want the tail to wag the dog. And what I mean by that is some people go, I'm looking to do a lot. I'm trying to find someone for a loan agreement or I'm really looking for a JV partner. And my question would be, why? Why are you looking for those things? And be like, oh, well, because I want to do a JV with somebody and I want to make some money. And I think that's, in my opinion, that's not quite the right way to look at it. Because if I'm looking for a JV, I've, I've missed a step. Because the first step is I should have a development or a property that is worthy of, of doing. And not some people might disagree with me, but that's just my view. Is that, and I see that as well. In you know, we talk about strategies, and you and I laugh about the, the strategies of you know rent to rent or service accommodation. And you know, I do know some people that say, "Oh, I, I really want to do rent to rent." And my question is, well, is it 
is it rent is it just that you you really would love to just rent a property off a landlord that's that's my ambition to rent a property off a landlord or is is what you're looking for cash flow and i see the same thing with with investments sometimes because these things are so often talked about in these property not networking events but when because people are trying to sell your courses people then mistake the means for an end if that makes sense yeah quite so you're thinking that really it might work better if people were just open about what they actually want to achieve rather than coming along with predetermined expectations on how to to achieve something yeah and and if you just have the open discussion then you can work out how best to achieve that yeah for me that's exactly it i think i know we can't be tra- fully transparent on everything at all times but i think the more the more transparency the easier things get now of course it doesn't mean I'm going to speak with an investor every time I have a bump in the road. And some of those I might just plaster over so that he doesn't see uh, whether or not he or she is interested. But I think being open to to ideas means that you, you will get more people talking to you. I, I think the only counter to that is that, of course, we do need to have clarity on what it is we're trying to achieve. Because I think we spoke in the last episode about clarity and how how much that helps everyone involved when you know if, if someone comes to me to a loan agreement and says well i'd only want i only want a loan agreement for six months and i say well actually we don't do terms for that shorter period for example so yeah, as always it's not it's not one end of the expectation or the other there's, there's a kind of little bits in between where you still need to be clear on what you want to do like i want to do this development for for x y and z reasons and rather than just expecting people to to do a joint venture because that's what you want to do. So I think somewhere along that answer, you you missed one of the questions I asked, which was, how did these go for you? You've done angel investing and you've done joint venturing. Do you feel they both went equally well or did one go better than the other or, and, and why? For me personally, the joint venturing was the, definitely the better route longer term because it removed the pressure the ongoing pressure of interest payments and just knowing that there was a large amount of capital that has to be returned and you know that's just just sharing honestly with you and listeners how i felt about that the the joint venture agreement for me personally meant that we had shared pressure on everything and for me that that's kind of you know, greater than money itself, because as you know, property can can get quite lonely. And just having a problem, you know, when someone phones you and says, right, that the, the boiler doesn't work, or I don't know, you know, the um, the RSJ won't go in, and it's going to cause two days delay and another £2,000. Now, where it's taken all of that on my shoulders, I could just pick up the phone to the JV partner and say, this has happened. And even though nothing would change, I just felt shared responsibility. And that shared responsibility was probably worth was priceless i guess in terms of being worth more than money so for me personally i definitely like the joint venture route but if if we're talking about pros and cons obviously the 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 cons of jv is that you're you're in it and you're in it long term and you do have shared responsibility and a shared partnership and, and are responsible to that partner or partners versus the the other element of the loan agreement which i quite like 
is the only responsibility I have. I say only, it's a big one, but it's returning those funds and the interest. However, there is a there is a lot more flexibility and freedom because you get to go off and do the things you want to do. As long as you've got the right investor partner. I always share a story of one investor that was looking at a loan agreement, i.e. just, just providing some funds and for a percentage return, that questioned, you know, asked me, you know, of the, the bathroom that I was fitting, what type of grout I was going to use. And uh, it was at that point where I thought this might not be the best relationship because I don't have time to check in with investors about the, the type of great, uh, uh, grout I'm going to use or w- which Pantone of, of paint I'm going to use. So, so get pros and cons of each. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I, I can understand you not wanting to go into the, quite that, that level of detail. I think we probably are about out of time for, for this week. So I'm just going to say, please don't send us any information about your, your choice of grout. We, we don't need to know that. But we would be really interested to hear stories about your investor relationships. How have you found your investors? Are you choosing deal structures with them or for them? Or did they come with their own expectations in, in advance of those conversations? Please do reach out to us on Twitter. We're at Biz of Property. That's Biz, B-I-Z. We would love to hear your stories and thoughts. You can find show notes for this and all our other episodes on thebusinessofproperty.com. And there's also a contact form there if you'd prefer to write something a bit longer than Twitter will allow. Other than that, Stuart and I will talk to you again next week.